Welcome to Wonder. This is Christine and really excited to have you here today. Before we jump into our wildcard episode, just wanted to say hello and give a quick intro and give you a bit of highlight overview of what we'll be covering today. So today is our second wildcard episode and we have another special guest on, the special guest being Hugh, who was on a couple weeks back. He came and is joining us today talking about first travel experiences. This one's really exciting and this one actually came up from a conversation that Hugh and I were having the other day about what travel experiences looked like when we were both younger and how different they were for me being an American and, and Hugh being British. So I hope that you all enjoy. Today, the intro is just going to be a little bit shorter because we have an exciting game to go watch. So we're recording this on a Wednesday and the Wednesday is the semifinals for the Women's World Cup and the Australian Matildas are in the semifinals, which is absolutely phenomenal. It's history making and we're really excited to to watch them and see them hopefully head into the World Cup finals after tonight. So keeping this a little bit short, but the episode was recorded a few days ago. So that is going to be really, really fun one for you all to to listen to. And hopefully we'll have some really good news for next week's podcast coming out of the Matilda's game tonight. And I believe the finals are actually would be before our podcast next week. I'll have to double check on that. But anywho, so we're going to keep it short and sweet. Thank you so much for joining us though. Really appreciate it as always. And you have a really great episode for you today. So listen along and enjoy our conversation on first travel experiences. All right. All right. All right. Hello. Welcome everybody. Welcome to Wonder. And today we have our second wildcard episode. And this wild card, we are going to be talking with our special guest. Special guest? That is I. It's me again. Sorry to everyone who didn't like me the first time, but I'm back. <laughs> back with a vengeance. He's back. Hugh is back. And we are talking about a fun topic today. What is your first holiday slash vacation like? And we're going to be talking about this because one I was thinking the other day how interesting it is hearing about different people's first travel experience, what it was like, and also realizing that you and I had really different first travel experiences. We we, we live pretty different lives, you could say that, for sure. Yeah, you were in Europe and the far ends of, of the UK for some portion of your life. I thought you were about to call me middle class, but yeah, it's... <laughs> um... <laughs> No, absolutely not. I was trying to draw a comparison between where you grew up in Montana, but I realized I couldn't. And you were trying think, to do it very politely. Yeah, no, I, I get couldn't it. think of anywhere that. Yeah, anyway, you get it. But we're gonna talk a little bit about it because it's interesting. It's very different, and I think it is fun for a wild card. So we'll start today with just. I'll ask you, Hugh, tell us a little bit about. What was your first vacation like? Well, I was trying to think about this earlier today, and I don't know how many people properly remember their first vacation trip. Obviously, if the first time you've traveled is in your teen years, then it's definitely easier to remember. But with a pretty traveling family, 
um, going all over the place. I have, I would say, lots of little snippets of what happened on various occasions, which kind of just get segmented into different memories. So I am quite keen to return the question after this, but I would say the memories for me start out with random holidays around the UK where you know you're four or five years old and the kind of snippets you remember is probably trying to you know catch a crab on the beach it clipping you and you running back to your family but I'd say the first true memory I have was my first ski trip we were lucky uh, in the way that one of my godfathers lived in Canada so we got to go and see him and as part of that we we got to go to I could not tell you which resort I just know it was in Canada and my sister my mum my dad and I all headed out there and my only memory the only thing I have locked in my head for this was the image of me thinking I was going incredibly fast at four years old down a green slope when in true fact it was me at four years old with a dog leash attached (laughs) to me being held by my dad probably going at about four miles an hour but I was having the the time down the bunny (laughs) hill it's probably the nursery slope to be honest but I felt like I was going 100 miles an hour Bodie Miller style you'll like that contextual knowledge from American skiers but yeah it was it was a really good time clearly my poor sister had an eye infection that trip so it was just dad and I out there with mum looking after my sister and yeah I had the best time because I thought I was going to be a pro skier for the rest of my life okay okay yes strong start so strong start to travel you started off with a bang with a shredding the slopes in Canada absolutely shredding the slopes I mean you're the one to talk when it comes to skiing because you know Montana you can walk out your doorstep and you've got probably the most beautiful mountains in the world but what can you remember as your first proper experience of a holiday or vacation should I put okay well I have more questions for you and then we'll so we'll come back to those but yeah my first holiday was a bit different I hadn't even been on a plane when I was four years old. So I, the only, or what I remember about my first holiday is we did a lot of camping when I was growing up and we didn't travel too far. So we would get really excited about camping for, there's a couple of big holidays in the US you would camp. Memorial Day weekend, which is in late May, 4th of July, and then Labor Day, which is actually the week before my birthday in September. So there was always maybe a little bit of kind of overlap there. But we would always go for usually around a week. We were like long-term <laughs> campers and we would go. And one of my first and favorite memories, there's two. One was we were camping up in this place called Thompson Falls in Montana which was really gorgeous. And we were camping, me, my family, like a bunch of uncles and aunts and a couple of kids. And one of the, I think it was the neighbor's camp and they came over. I think they were friends or something. And they had one of those those drive cars for kids. You know, the ones that you kind of press on the gas pedals like ring. Can you remember what it was? It was, a, I think it was a Jeep. Um, yeah, a Jeep, which was amazing. And I was obsessed with this Jeep. To be honest, there's actually a a photo of me in said Jeep, also probably 
five years old and four or five years old in this Jeep. And this little boy had the Jeep and he would drive this thing all around. And I asked him if he would give, take me for a ride in this Jeep. And he said no. And so I ran crying (laughs) back to my mom and I told him that he would, would let me go for a ride. And she then, you know, I think his mom was standing there and her, his mom was like, you are going to take her for a ride in your Jeep. (laughs) He was so unwilling to want to take me for a ride, but he finally obliged. And so I just, you know, eyes swollen, tears drying on face, like in my little sundress get in this Jeep. And we just, you know, go about, uh, you know, half mile an hour around the campsite for all of five minutes. And it was the absolute highlight. So that was really lovely. But along one of those trips as well, this actually might've been the same trip. I caught my first fish and it was a really funny experience. And I do remember it. And there's also a photo I have actually, I've taken it on my phone. Um, or taking a photo of the photo on my phone, where I had this pink Barbie fishing rod, which shout out to Barbie, the movie, how incredible it is. And I was repping Barbie since day one, honestly. And I had this fishing rod and I, you know, cast a line. I was with one of my uncles and, you know, I didn't really know at all what fishing was. And I reeled it in and I had the tiniest little fish. It was maybe 30 centimeters long in just a few inches. And I reeled it up and I looked at it and I just, I flipped it like started flopping and I just shrieked and I dropped the fishing rod and I sprinted in the opposite direction. And my uncle's like, no, no, come back. I was like, I was so upset. I was so distraught at this animal on this line flopping around all slimy and gross. And he was like, no, no, this is fishing. Like, you know, we're going to, we're going to unhook this fish and then we can put him back. And so, you know, again, me crying as well, which, you know, maybe is a bit of a theme. I was quite sensitive growing up. I think most kids are. <laughs> I don't think you need to give yourself a hard time for that. I was probably crying at least four to five times a day as my mum might confirm. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. I wasn't alone then. But yeah, he, my uncle made me come back and take the the fish out and he showed me how you you take the the hook out and then we put the fish back. And so that was my first fishing experience and my first time in a car with a boy. <laughs> well, that was I was actually going to bring it back to that. I thought, you know, I, that's a great story, but we can also just get back to the fact that you were four years old, tried to hit on a, gu- a guy and he rejected you i'm sorry honestly you're talking about fishing and wanting to drive in big jeeps sounds like most guys dreams but clearly your game wasn't very good at four it wasn't strong the pink dress wasn't nothing's right enough (laughs) yeah 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 still no game um yeah you know look i was shooting my shot i was just you know trying to get the guy to show me his nice car and he wasn't buying it to call in air support in the form of your mom yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was quite fun though. There was a lot of other kids. I loved that. And and Thompson Falls was really beautiful. It was right on this gorgeous lake. And yeah, we did a lot of camping. And so I didn't really take a traditional holiday and the one that we actually have been talking about all this podcast until I was uh, in college, really. So yeah, it's had a little bit of a different start. I hadn't even, I hadn't been to 
Canada, which is somewhat surprising given Montana's proximity to Canada until I was in, and it was just 2020 um, when my brother got married in Canada. That was the first time. So, well, it all kind of makes sense though. Um, I know we'll probably be talking about this in another episode, but considering our recent camping trip to Great Ocean Road, you absolutely put me to shame when it came with everything that was about camping. I was, I'm not an experienced camper. I love camping. I'd like to say that, but we never did too much camping. It was a lot of, you know, kind of local trips or just, um, staying at a friend's house or whatever it might be. But when we went on this trip, you, one, knew everything about everything that was camping so you were far better prepared than me but also when things inevitably on a camping trip went wrong you were the pretty cool head that would bring it back i'm sorry i didn't have a jeep for me to reject you getting into but (laughs) apart from that you were pretty well covered in teaching me the ropes of uh, what a camping trip should be yeah i i will say you cannot leave montana without knowing how to camp and I think what would they would say for you is you can't leave Europe without having the skill to holiday across the world. So the skill to holiday again, the middle class stuff. Thank you, <laughs> perfect. That's awesome. I mean, first holiday in, in Canada. Yeah, I, I should have probably come up with something a bit better, to be honest. But you know, that's fine. Uh, well, I will say when we were preparing for this, you, you're. I think the first thing that you did say was, well. I don't remember too much other than mom, dad, Charlotte, and I would get in the car and we would drive across Europe and end up in the south of <laughs> <laughs> one bullshit. <laughs> Definitely not. But also, yeah, once you're in Europe, as you will finally learn when you spend more time there, it's very easy to get everywhere if you just hop in a car and ask mom and dad how long it is until you're going to get there. But- well, I will say th- that's totally fair in that. It's a fair point. You can drive from one side of Montana to the other in, I think, 13 hours. And from the UK to From London to the south of France is probably about seven or eight hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can cover a lot more different distance. But it's interesting. Montana's just, it's so outdoors focused. So, and even the airports, there's not even a major airport in Montana. I think there's, Billings is, I guess, as close as you can get as major Missoula's airport has added some some different legs, but there's only you'll see when we go visit there. There's only a couple um, gates. <laughs> there's only a handful of them. You you walk in, it's all one floor, and that's all the gates that there are. Uh, they are renovating it though, so they're adding a few more, which is great. But growing up, traveling outside of Montana was so expensive because you have to go multiple flights just to get anywhere else in the U.S. And so it was a lot of time. It was really expensive. So. Yeah, we just stayed in Montana. And I think that was so great. And I have such an appreciation for the outdoors. I have this skill set that is a qualification to leave Montana. You must be a very qualified camper. A very particular set of skills that very, me, uh, yeah. make you a nightmare for an Englishman like me. Yeah, yeah. exactly that. Well, I mean, when you're trying to tie knots uh, and... and <laughs> we won't go into that. We won't go into that. Um, anyway, but I think so. I wanted to go back with your with your trip to Canada. So you told us in the last episode, you of course are a military child. So you've done a lot of traveling around. When did you start to realize that you enjoyed traveling? I would say 
it was kind of imprinted from day one, really, because you're so used to it. So I'd say there's a bit of a separation of learning to enjoy it versus it just being a part of your life, really. Um, you know, when you're sent off to boarding school at the age of eight, it with without ah oh, the middle class thing's going to come back up again. But anyway, no, um, <laughs> you're the one bringing it up. <laughs> I've got my friends' voices in my head. Anyway, um, the you were actively you were actively tormenting yourself. Yeah, I, I've only got myself to blame for this. Anyway, it's uh, I, I would just say that you're so accustomed to it. You're really used to the idea of your parents or your family are a flight away if you're if they're living abroad or. You know, you're not going to see them for a couple of weeks. But I really started to probably get the enjoyment out of the independence that I had from, you know, aged eight or nine. It was pretty satisfying, in my opinion, when, you know, people's parents might come and pick them up from school. But for me, I was, you know, taking a taxi to the airport to go and see my parents. And there's, yeah, something quite fun about the independent side of it when you're you may have a guardian at the airport that helps you get through everywhere. But I I really started to enjoy the travel side when I was enjoying the whole independence and looking after myself. There was an element of pride there, but also thinking it was pretty cool, really. I mean, how much traveling were you doing without family as you were growing up? Yeah, it's it's funny that you said that. I was just thinking about that the first time I even took a flight was when I was 17 and that that'll be a whole episode in itself because it's a funny story. And and I think it's, it's interesting, but I hadn't even been on a flight till I was 17 and I was definitely really independent when I was growing up, but it would have transpired differently than I think the travel aspect. What I think of what I did on my own traveling Family, the family was always pretty relaxed about letting me and my cousins just go roam in the forest. Like I could just, I could go like take an ATV out in the mountain and a go. A quad bike for people who don't quad, understand. Yeah, sorry, quad bike. And I could go take one out in the mountain, go up and down the mountain on my own many of times and no one would have batted an eye. So that was really, that was fun. And there was only like one one like kind of scary time. It was really wet and rainy and we almost got stuck, but we ended up being fine. But yeah, we would take bikes and we would go. And and I think there was a lot of trust and independence with us in that realm. You know, I think maybe a lot of parents wouldn't let their kids, you know, these days, especially, you know, there's bears out there. There's, there's, there's a lot That's of- That's what I was about to say as well. It's like, yeah, you may be young, but also you're growing up in an environment where there's just big bears and all sorts of different creatures that are quite happy to have a kid for lunch. Yeah, it just, you know, it never really seemed to have come up. I think that there was always like, you know, they won't go too far. And we would always, you know, one other memory I have is of us going is we would go to find little ponds and try to catch frogs and, and stuff like that. So it was really wholesome. And I really enjoyed that. I loved, I mean, I love biking. I loved, you know, biking throughout the mountains on these old logging tracks so you know there was kind of two areas we would go to one with the quad bikes you can go either on tracks or you can go of course go off tracks we would a lot of time do on tracks but then we would go with the the bikes we would just bike up on the logging tracks which was really fun so yeah i think it looked a little bit different but 
I'm curious, like it just, it seems to me like when I think being eight years old and flying, that seems so wild to me because I just didn't, I didn't experience it till I was, you know, much older. So it's, it's like, oh my gosh, you're so small. Yeah. I mean, we, my first flight was to go and see my grandparents who lived here in Australia. My mum's an Aussie. Um, so once I was born, um, obviously her parents were really, really keen to meet their new grandkid, but I feel unapologetically sorry for any parent who has a kid under two and you're trying to take a 24 hour flight with them. As a kid, you don't remember it. As a parent, you will probably never forget it in the way that the pressure, the food, everything about a 24 hour trip with a kid, let alone the poor other passengers who are having to listen to me or whoever it was crying um yeah that is a test in itself and probably wouldn't recommend to many people anyway um, well you know what's interesting about that though is because we we take these flights that are so long to australia and there's always babies on them i am so impressed by most of the babies that actually i've seen babies sleep throughout the whole 14 hours i've seen them crush it i never had seen before i did these long haul flights in sydney the bassinets, they have these bassinets, you can book the seats in the bassinets, so you put the baby in there. And so I will say, I'm always impressed that people do it. But that being said, it also is a daunting task, I can imagine. I saw this family of, there was five children on my flight, my most recent flight here back from the US. And his mom, dad, five kids, all under the age of seven, I think. The, the oldest one was barely seven. And I was so impressed. They were so well organized. They would have been how your family, I imagine, was. Their parents were super organized. All the kids knew to sit down. They knew to get their seatbelt buckled. There was only one infant and then one, maybe one and a half year old. And then it kind of was like, you know, two, two and a half, you know, it kind of went up from there. Um, But everyone else could walk, I think, for the most part. There's only two maybe that couldn't walk, one that couldn't walk so well. And then the infant, of course, wasn't, wasn't walking around. But I imagine how your family, quite organized, they were really accustomed to traveling and knew to get the iPads out. They had their, you know, knew how to work the screens and whatnot. I was so blown away when I saw that because imagining even when we were, were growing up, I don't actually know what it would have been on a flight when you were growing up. But toy planes. Toy, toy planes. Toy planes. I was we going to say, do they even uh, have screens? On? Give like a young boy or girl a, a, a toy plane back in the early 2000s. I'm sure they would have been sorted. But I'm going to interrupt and go off on a tangent because you are so lucky that you came across a family that was well behaved and all knew what they were doing. Because my flight last year back from the UK was possibly one of the worst trips I've ever taken because a single dad, by the looks of things, maybe going to meet the mum back in Australia. Um, I was on the aisle seat and the two, you know, three and five year old girls, his daughters that he had, he, was sitting in the middle section and I was in the aisle section and the two daughters were in the middle and window seat next to me. And it was the worst experience I've ever had. I offered him at the beginning of the flight to go and sit next to his kids in the hope that, you know, they're his kids. He might actually do that. He said no. And I realized probably because he just wanted a break. But for 14 <laughs> no, hours... No, I'm actually good. You, you take that. Yeah, no, I'm good. You, you go enjoy that. And 
they were the least well-behaved kids I've ever met. And I love kids. They're wonderful. But oh my God, they were annoying. I would either try and sleep, they'd clamber over me to get onto the corridor to go chase each other around the plane, or they'd keep bouncing on the seat or bumping into me. One of them had a drink that she ordered. She ordered some water without the dad and proceeded to spill it on me while I was sleeping. It was genuinely a nightmare. So, so- I don't mean to sound petty or angry, but there were a few occasions where I tried to wake the dad up to tell him, and either he'd had far too many gin and tonics or sleeping pills, or he was just choosing to try and ignore me. Either way, it meant for a solid 14 hours, I had to deal with two devils. So do you think that you were better since you were a small child? Oh, I would have been a legend. Oh, I would have been so good. Yeah, no, I was probably a nightmare as well. Interesting to corroborate with yeah. your... No, mum, yeah, mum will probably say I was pretty bad too, <laughs> but at least I was well behaved enough to not pour water over the person I was sitting next to. Well, I don't know. We'll have to do, we'll have to fact check. Mum, I'm sure I was great. Just tell her that, please. But yeah, no, no it's, 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 it's a journey. I will say, yeah, you can get really unlucky and you never know. Maybe it's those kids first holiday. So interesting to put ourselves in their shoes. The energy, the excitement, first holiday to Australia, they can't contain themselves. Stop trying to be diplomatic. No, they were (laughs) were devil children and they did not deserve a good trip to Australia. Well, I think in the spirit of our first holiday podcast, we'll, we'll bring it back to, so in terms of your first holiday, where do you, like, where's a place that you think is like a great first holiday? Do you envision if you had to do your first holiday again, Canada's amazing, but it is actually quite far from the UK. If you were to do your first holiday again, where would you go? What would you do? Yeah, well, definitely, you know, in terms of it, uh, the first holiday I would remember as a kid would have been, you know, somewhere that's so different that your memory picks up on it, somewhere like Canada. But I know that we did a lot of coastal towns in the UK or just went for a drive to stay with some family friends. And those I would definitely count as holidays, you know, long weekends in either Norfolk or in South of England. And, you know, it's not beautiful beachside towns or anything, but it's just so fun as a kid to kind of go anywhere. I would just say, you know, rough and gritty would actually be my favorite. You talk about your experiences camping. I would love to just go outdoors, get muddy, do stupid stuff as a kid. And that was absolutely my favorite moment. So if you're going to take your family somewhere and your kids are going to experience their first holiday, I think it should be local. I think it should be somewhere just really fun. I know a lot of people just take their kids on, you know, trips to theme parks or Disneyland or anything like that. I think you don't even need that. Just go somewhere different, somewhere fresh and, you know, throw your kids in at the deep end and see how they handle it. Yeah, because when I think of having a holiday and, you know, maybe what kids might take from having a first holiday, it's kind of interesting, right? Like you can think of like, you know, we have memories of even just what you've described of just having a lot of playtime, having fun, running around, getting muddy, dirty, messy. And in a lot of ways, it's exactly what we did in the Great Ocean Road Trip. <laughs> it was raining and we were hiking around and trudging in the rain and camping at the same time. But I think, too, you are also getting them used to this idea that a holiday is, you know, a time where there's maybe more playtime and more of a break. And 
So it's interesting then to think about maybe not focusing so much on the distance or like a beach or like a maybe a resort holiday. Like you always see a lot of you know kids at these resorts and whatnot. And, you know, you kind of think like, is that, is that the most fun, you know, probably for the parents? Yes. But maybe for the kids, um, maybe. parents can just send them to the kids zones. I think that's why a bunch of them do the, well, if they have the kids zones for sure. Mm. Yeah. But I think not that there's anything wrong with going to resorts with kids, but my point being really be developing this idea of taking this break, you know, having lots of extra playtime and having a bit of a refresh from the day to day, whether you're, you know, a kindergartner or you're working in the corporate world for 30 years. Yeah, 100%. I think you've summarized that pretty well. Um, I, I don't know. I just think, you know, every family is so different. I think a lot of first holidays might be as much as an experience it is for children. Also, a moment's rest for the parents too, to get out of the house and go and encourage their kids to experience things and doing so and giving themselves a slight break from the conventional norm of being you know completely on top of everything they're doing but at the same time as a parent it would be impossible to not try and keep track of everything they're doing in a brand new location but i, I don't know i i or think it's like me where no one was keeping track of me i was just roaming around the well you were just getting side. neglected by young boys and jeeps so you know they, they knew you'd be fine because you weren't going to find any new friends anyway so no, I mean, in, in the US, how, how different is it? What do most people do when they go on a first holiday? If you're thinking back to, you know, friends from high school or something or, you know, even younger than that, what were people mainly doing? It's an interesting question. It's, I, I think it's different in Montana because I think it's just the proximity, right? I, I don't know. I, I knew that there was a couple of friends that I had, like once a year, they would go to Hawaii, let's say with their family, or they would you know, maybe visit New York, but that was, you know, really kind of one-off special thing. But a lot of people did really either local trips or interstates, um, interstate trips or go to one of the surrounding states. I didn't grow up really with a lot of friends that, yeah, went out to Europe or whatnot, because again, it's, it's so far away from Missoula, three, you know, maybe four flights when I was growing up. And so, you know, it's, it's quite, quite a lot for, you know, any parent to take, like I've said this before, but it's quite literally easier for me to get to Europe from Sydney than it is to get back to Missoula. It's less flights. And so I think a lot of people focused on local, a lot of people did outdoor stuff, but that being said, not all my friends grew up going camping in the same way that I did. A lot of them, yeah, would go to, you know, little towns and whatnot. Like there's lots of cute towns in, in Montana. One of my other early memories, this is something that we did in the winter, was we would go to, and this is actually so funny when I say this out loud, I actually realize that it's kind of, kind of quirky, but Montana has these ghost towns and they are literally ghost towns and that people used to once live there and no longer live there. And you can rent out the cabins in the ghost towns and they're functional. Some of them are not, but some of them are. You can stay in some and, and not in others. And every, I don't think it was every year, but every couple of years, we would go snowmobiling up there. So you pack a bunch of stuff on snowmobiles, snowmobile up to the, the cabin and whatnot, and then be there for like a long weekend or something. And that was really fun as well. So 
just different things like that. I remember people doing, and I think a lot of people in the U.S. are the same. I think a lot of people end up staying local because, I mean, the U.S. is just massive and there aren't these major airports everywhere better today than there was when I was growing up. But I think, yeah, a lot of people stay local, some road trips uh, and whatnot, but not the same way. You know, I, I grew up in I didn't know any, like none of my friends had like gone to Europe really at all until some high school. And I knew a couple of friends that one went to Ghana uh, for a uh, kind of project type thing. I can't remember quite what it was. And I, that blew my mind. I was like, Ghana, Africa is light years away. That is so far away. Like I couldn't even imagine how someone would get there. That was so crazy to me. And now I travel the distance from Missoula to Ghana multiple times a year. Like it's just, you know, it's it's quite wild. So I think it's changed a lot though, because now that there are a bit more flight paths, people can get out of Missoula a little bit easier. And the US, different cities are a little bit more connected. So it's changing. But yeah, I grew up and everyone was pretty, pretty local and and you know, low key, which which I loved. I mean, everyone in Montana just sounds like absolute warriors. I'm trying to think of an upbringing like that where you're snowmobiling up to a ghost town taking on bears. And, you know, that's just my imagination of it coming from, you know, the Midlands in the UK where the most <laughs> dangerous animal you're going to run into is the neighbor's dog kind of thing. You didn't, uh, you didn't snowmobile through, you know, multiple feet of snow to your favorite local ghost town. No, unfortunately, there weren't wolves howling in the distance and, you know, keeping making, making sure that your tent was closed for all the incoming moose that might be going past who are, you know, two tons. Yeah, actually, funny that you said that. A friend of mine posted that she saw a moose the other day, which is like the second person I've seen on it on Instagram see a moose recently. So they're, they're here and they're showing up they're terrifying is what they are they're massive yeah the snowmobiling thing is funny it's something that i hope that we'll do in in montana when we're visiting i'll try to get that organized but uh, we might even be able to go up to garnet ghost town which would be quite fun but it was quite funny when one of my first memories on a snowmobile was when my uncle one of my other uncles was trying to teach me how to drive a snowmobile and i got on it and he was like you know this is the throttle whatnot and i lowered the throttle the snowmobile kicked up flipped him off and i zoomed down the road <laughs> so classic You're i remember cool like kid. hands on the thing i turned around and i looked and i saw him running but i i didn't really know how the throttle worked that well other than floor it for some reason and so yeah it was really fun stuff like that so it'll be fun to share that with you i think it's it's quite cool and it's interesting. That's why I wanted to talk a little bit about this because everyone has such different experiences. And I think when I actually was growing up and this is, you know, maybe a, a level, a layer deeper um, than maybe we were planning, planning to go. But I felt really self-conscious that my first holiday was not to a really cool place. Even when we were talking about this, I was like, I didn't really have a first holiday until I was, you know, almost out of college. And you were like, well, do you guys ever you know, take days off, go anywhere? And I was like, yeah, we would go camping, but that's not a holiday. And you were like, yeah, it is. And so I thought that was really cool of you to, to frame it like that, because I never really thought about it like that until we were talking about it. And then I realized, yeah, I did have these holidays. They just looked really, really different. And I think kind of growing up, yeah, you can really maybe get caught in comparing yourself with like what other people are doing. 
not realizing that, you know, yes, there are people, you know, in Europe that are able to drive, you know, three countries over and end up in Italy. That's amazing and so great for them. But also there's people in Montana that are snowmobiling in ghost towns. And that's also amazing too. Yeah, 100%. It's all so subjective. And I think that's what makes it really special is you're thinking back to childhood memories. Some people will remember that glorious trip to Greece that they took or, you know, going to the amazing Masai Mara Plains in Kenya, whatever it could be. But also some people's best memories will be snowmobiling into a ghost town in the middle of Montana or it will be, you know, going to very fun, small beach towns in whichever country you're from. I think that's what makes it really special is no matter where you are or what you're doing, those are the core memories that kind of shape your experience of holidays or your perspective of holidays. And I think that's why going on the more local ones could sometimes be amazing because it's only new experiences from there. If you're a three-year-old, four-year-old remembering staying in five-star resorts, that's unbelievable. What an experience. But at the same time, you know, suddenly a weekend camping trip may not be as spectacular to you and i think that was why i brought it up to you originally was i didn't really camp when we grew up so i'm not necessarily jealous but amazed by your experiences there and you know having breakfast with the wolves and also i've got a very much glorified perspective of what you were probably doing (laughs) but i like that and i'm going to keep it it's yeah it's lovely and it's special and it's individual and i think that's the best part of anyone's first holiday Well, yeah. And I think that's one thing that's interesting about the two of us is that I had also never been to Europe until 2018 and it was for a work trip. So, you know, that was the first time I ever went to Europe and I was so taken aback. I mean, it's amazing. and It's so incredible. And obviously there's so much within Europe. So I don't mean to generalize, but just speaking as going to the, the continent. But I think what you are are touching on is, is important because yes, you grew up traveling Europe. I did not. I grew up camping and you did not. So I think what's really cool too, is that no matter what your experience was, you are able to find someone else that you can share that with and, and, you know, teach the opposite way. Like we're going to Italy in a couple of weeks, you've been to Italy, you're going to show me around Rome and it's so amazing. and, And I'm so excited for that. And then, you know, we'll go snowmobiling in Montana and I'll, I'll show you that experience as well. So I just think it, it makes and builds on what you have to add to, to other people that you come across as well. Individual. Absolutely. Individual. All right. Well, I think that is a fabulous first wildcard episode on or second wildcard episode. Oops. I did it again. <laughs> Oops, I <laughs> done. <laughs> Breaking out of dance in three, two, one. Um bye, bye, bye. Okay, sorry. Anyway, I think that's a first. <laughs> Here I go again. Uh a great second episode on first travel experiences, which is really lovely. Great to chat a little bit more. And I think if you have ever taken a holiday or if you never have taken a holiday, one, make sure you do take a holiday, take a break, even if it's just a staycation. But two, know that any type of experience can count as a holiday. So I think take that into your week. Thank you so much, Hugh, for being on again. My pleasure. Take that with you. Have a great week, everyone. Good to be here. Have a great week and thank everyone so much. If you have a couple minutes, please follow us and leave us a review. We would really appreciate it if you have some time. 
and we will talk to you guys next Thursday. Thanks so much. Bye.